Ladies and gentlemen, I don't really have an introduction because we're not talking about any specific Bond movie today. This is a terrible introduction. Why are we even recording this? <laughs> Why are you listening to this podcast? This is, this is an, a frankly insane indulgence. This is an insult to you and to us. So with that in mind, let us talk for two hours. <laughs> My name is Natalie Bohensky and welcome to the Raven On podcast, special supplementary Raven Bond edition. And with me, as always, is a man who still maintains he is the architect of all my pain. <laughs> Stuart Light. Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. Yes, Natalie. The architect of all your pain. I'm still getting over it, Stu. <laughs> uh, we are sitting in the same room. We are We are frighteningly close to each other. I know. Like we should have a... Mar- I think we're 1.5. We, we should have like a Perspex screen. There should be yeah. something happening. Like we're in a jail. Yeah, we're exactly. We're both on a phone. Like, like you're Magneto and I'm visiting you in jail. That's yeah. right. Oh, I get to be Magneto. Yeah. That's exciting. We are doing a catch-up podcast kind of a coda to our uh, Raven Bond series. Yeah, a wrap-up, a taking stock, a celebration of everything that we've done this year. Yeah, I guess you could say we're bonding over our (laughs) shared experience of 2020. You (laughs) could say that. (laughs) 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 How have you been? We recorded... (laughs) We did our Spectre podcast. Yes. I think the day of the US election... Or the night of Australia time. Yes, we did, didn't we? Yeah. So it was all still, you know, uh-oh, what's uh, going to happen? It was up in the air. <laughs> and I think because of that, yeah. we had the Queensland election, we had the US election. It kind of sank out. Not not sank Spectre, but, it, you know, a lot of world things have been happening for good reason. People, people were distracted by other things, yes. That's right. So we thought we'd just sort of bring it home, draw people's attention to the fact that we did do the Spectre podcast. We definitely did. We did both rant a fair bit. I had a lot of fun editing that because I was like, I'm so glad it's not just me doing all the rant. Oh, no, no. That, that movie is deeply frustrating. <laughs> I want to start off by saying how much I've been enjoying a totally different pop culture. <laughs> YouTube series that I've just found in the last couple oh, of yes. weeks, mm. and uh, I don't think you'd seen them either. I hadn't. I hadn't seen them. I, I might have seen like one ages ago, but I, I hadn't. Yeah, I, it didn't clock me. So Tom Selinski, who of course was a guest on the show, recommended me the Screen Rant Pitch Meeting series on yep. YouTube. Just Google or YouTube search Screen Rant Pitch Meetings. Uh, this guy called Ryan, he's been doing them for uh, like two years. Yeah. So it's like discovering a whole treasure trove oh. of content that you immediately fall in love with and you realize you've got just hours of this stuff yeah. to consume. That's it. And that's what I've been doing for the last <laughs> two weeks. And I got every, every once in a while, I will just get a, a message from Natalie <laughs> just with another one that she really likes that yeah. she wants me to look at. And I told uh, Greg about them as well, and he started binging them. Yeah. So now we're all messaging each so other. So now he messages and this I message. Yeah, it's Greg great. Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast, of course. I would have told Dan, but he's not on Facebook. So exactly. what can I do? Yeah. What can I do? Your hands are tied. Exactly. Um, but yes, yeah, so these are... Uh, it's this guy, Ryan, he does a talking head pitch meeting where he mm. plays both the screenwriter pitching the, the movie concept and the studio executive yes. going through it with him. And he plays this sort of over-the-top, um, 
how would you even say it? Just these brash. It's very, confident... very. Well, it's very deadpan. Like it's, yes. it's very, yeah. So they take an, a movie that actually exists, and by listing out its exact sort of plot lines and, <laughs> and 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 going right through its massive flaws, you just sit there going, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" And I got into this because Tom recommended me the screen rant on Spectre. Yes. And so he just goes through talking about things like. Oh, so um, Dave Batista's villain is going to surprise Bond and shooting him in the head on the train, you know, use the element of surprise. And the screenwriter goes, oh, no, he's just going to kick over the table. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, good point. Why didn't I, we yeah. didn't even pick up on that one? There's a whole know? bunch of that stuff. And so he just, it's hard to describe. Well, he has, he has the, the best line and line reading of anything <laughs> I've ever seen in my life where he's just like, oh, I'm going to need you to get all the way off my back on things making sense in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a couple of cliched lines that like catchphrases for these segments the other one where they said it's going to be really hard for Bond to do X, Y and Z and he'll reply <laughs> the screenwriter character will reply oh no it's going to be super easy barely an inconvenience <laughs> and th- there's one of those in every movie and you just yeah. realise how he even does like good movies popular movies sure. yeah, ostensibly yeah. fun mm. you know Marvel movies that people but, like but and- he never gets into like that cinema sins like nitpicky stuff it's always very obvious obvious like things but you just never thought of them oh before? that's that's what greg was telling me he found, yeah. he found he thought it was something like cinema sins yeah because he's seen some of that and it's very nitpicky it's negative. extremely nitpicky in a very a very annoying silly way so this yeah. guy is kind of just it's very um because he keeps a very light-hearted tone yeah. through the exactly you know, yeah. well, they're comedy videos like they're it's, comedy it's, videos yeah. so he's just going like oh so the dinosaur I was watching one on Jurassic World which I've never <laughs> seen he's like oh so we're doing a hybrid of a hybrid dinosaur okay cool like and, <laughs> and he's like oh why are we going to do that and the screenwriter will go oh money and he's oh money I oh, love money, money. <laughs> And why why hasn't this character done this yet? It's because the movie needs to happen. You know, it's like, why wouldn't they act in this way? Because if they did, the movie wouldn't happen. You know, just really... I definitely recommend... I've just been binging them. He's done a couple of Bond ones. And yeah, just the Spectre one just made me go, oh my God, I'm not alone. I'm so, I mean, I knew I wasn't alone, Stu, but I mean, look, we are not alone. We, we are, it was a, a universally critically ambivalent movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so wonderful, even though it's the same kind of catchphrases, the way they pick up things and like things I didn't even realize, but Marvel movies, and I hadn't known this critique, apparently it's very popular that the bad guys always have the same powers as the good guys and they end up fighting on fairly equal that, that's def- yeah that, that's terms. often so they're, they're often like the it was it was interesting in the first iron man and yes. then they use that same trick all the way through so that's yeah. what they'll refer to as like hey remember how we just did this in iron man 2 yeah. oh yeah i thought we'd just do that again okay great you know um, a giant portal in the sky yeah so i highly recommend the screen rant pitch meetings if you take nothing else from this podcast, <laughs> yes. because they're just delightful. They make me laugh. They're little bite-sized yeah. sort of five, six, seven minute chunks. And they're just super cute and funny. They and are he's, fun. Yeah. He's so good. So I, it's one of those things where you kind of realize and go, oh, I wish I'd had this idea. But damn it, it's very much claimed. It's very much <laughs> way better than hey, I could ever it's do. It's the internet, Natalie. You can steal it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we would get together and discuss... Just some reflections on the Bond year. Yeah, we've, I mean, look, we we have done something quite remarkable. Yeah, yeah, we've we've watched. Let's give ourselves a pat hey, on the back. Go us. I mean, look, I would say like there there are 
you know, uh, researchers working on COVID vaccines. There are frontline hospital workers. I th- I would say with with you know very little doubt that we are better than they the are. The true heroes. Yeah, the true heroes of 2020. Here. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't you think know. that's hyperbole. <laughs> that's not hyperbole at all, right? <laughs> that's not something that will get us cancelled. Well, well, you know, I think we are the true heroes of 2020 <laughs> because we watched. 25 James Bond movies. <laughs> yes, we did. We did. 24 plus Never Say Never plus Again. Never Say Never Again, exactly. Uh, so um, we've both kind of gone off and done some list making. We've done some thinking, it's some soul some searching. Thinking, done some reflecting. <laughs> some thousand yard stairs. That's right. And just sort of come up with a few lists and things that we can use as a bit of a jumping off point to kind of yeah. talk about things we liked about the series, things maybe we didn't or things that are memorable or not so memorable. Just a whole bunch of stuff. So how yeah. do you want to do this, Stu? Well, well, I mean, well, we, we started with the rankings of the films, but I, I, I think we might uh, leave that till yeah, later. We let's... want to fiddle around with our list a bit. Um, <laughs> so what's happened is, if I can just explain, <laughs> as of this recording, I have yet to finish my four Daniel Craig Bond film recaps, the written ones. The podcasts are up, but I've yet to finish the uh, recaps because I have actually been super busy and it's it's just the time to sit down and write excuse 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 well well look we started this project as a covid project this was a lockdown project we when we started everything in brisbane queensland australia was still shut down true and since we've started this project everything's opened back up again so life has gotten in, very in much back to normal it has. in a, in a weird way so you you kind of have this problem now where so I have, the have kind lots of, of things well, to do. Well, I have the kind of job slash jobs where because I work for myself and I do lots of little bits and pieces all over the place, I'm kind of always working at different times and setting aside a whole chunk to do the Bond films during lockdown was much mm. easier than it currently is at the moment. But that's, yes. again, an excuse. So I've got to buckle down. I'm so close. Like if you go to look at nataliebohensky.com, the, the work that's there, I'm so proud of it. I've, I like I, I reckon by the end of this, once I finish them, I'll have written like a hundred thousand words on the Bond films. Totally. Like that's a book. Yeah, you could put them all together. I could put them all together and make an ebook, and like no one would buy it, but I'd feel <laughs> like I had published a book. Also, it's really hard because I have so many gifs and gifs and video clips, and you know, if it's an ebook, my, can you put those in an ebook? I don't know. Um, I don't know how. Time to find work. out. Yeah, call in. <laughs> If you know how ebooks work, um, <laughs> if you understand the ins and outs of the publishing industry, yeah, I mean, I guess I could just you know rephrase a few things, but I'm really proud of the the. We can say this was our 2020 lockdown project. Totally, absolutely we created something. I'm I'm very given, proud of you for all the work that you did. <laughs> given, and I'm very the, proud of us yeah. for for keeping it up and, and, and m- missing very few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's been really hard not having anything to produce or kind of have to show for the year this is a nice thing to have to show for exactly you can point year. to that and say that's what we did in 2020 Go, that's that's what i did so um thanks to everyone particularly who has been on the patreon uh patreon.com slash girl clumsy because without you guys honestly would not have helped and i realize i don't thank patreon people <laughs> enough you know i've been watching youtube and and other things and people thank their <laughs> patreon supporters all the time and i'm like wow i'm really bad at that but know that i think of you Often and dearly. I, th- and I think your Patreon supporters know that you love them. I do very much love them. So, yeah, so my point is I have yet to s- finish my list and I keep forgetting where all my movies are. So we can have a discussion of the list as a whole. Sure. Of yeah. how we might do maybe at the end. But for now, we sort of have other lists. Absolutely, yeah. Well, micro we, lists and We things. kind of came up, we, we decided to do a series of top fives. Yes. Now, yeah. 
five was to me a guideline. Okay, um, right. I, See, I, I stuck quite strictly to the five. Okay, all but, right. But uh, that's, that's interesting. That's how we like to work. <laughs> I sort of took it as a. <laughs> as a hey if i had a rough five i mean five could be seven sure could be nine. okay all right interesting um because sometimes i can't choose and then other things i've just listed a whole bunch of stuff i see so, okay <laughs> this is going to be more free-flowing than i thought it was going no, to be no, no. If i can stop i can stop at the fifth i just feel like i came up with so much gold that i wanted sure. to include it if i can just big myself up I'm not saying you didn't try. I'm just saying that you went. No, I tried quite hard. I I actually, I actually whittled a lot of my lists down. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. So, you know. Damn it. You're you're showing me up against you. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, we just kind of went away and started doing categories on our own. So what is. Well, pretty much. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, do we want to get it out of the way to start with best bonds? Well, that's at the top of my. Let's do it. Okay. Well, I, I have like, I've listed all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got yeah, to list yeah, all of them. Yeah. There's only six of them. Like, There's only it six It would be unfair. Yeah. <laughs> well, we I all mean, know it's George Lassie. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, we know which one would be dropping off the end of that list. <laughs> I guess I could do mine. You could do yours. Is that how you want to do it? or? Uh, okay. Or do you want to go reverse order? Or just well, going to go one Yeah, we, we could do reverse order, like five to one. But do you, okay. want, do you want to do five, five? Or? Well, I have cheated slightly. Okay. <laughs> I have a number one position and then a tied second and a tied <laughs> Right, okay, okay, right. And well. Then <laughs> Okay, well, in that case, let me let me go through my list and then we can talk about yeah, your okay, list. Okay. okay, so obviously in sixth place is uh, George Lazenby. Shock horror. Uh, he is uh, a one and done and he probably shouldn't have been even on the one. Uh, oh. he's, he's not great. He looked okay in a kilt. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he was, he was saddled with a lot of crap in that movie, but you know. <laughs> my fifth spot and this could be a controversial spot, is Pierce Brosnan. I knew you were going to say yeah, that. I yeah. knew you were going to say that. And you know, that. I surprised myself. I didn't think he would be so low on my list, but then you kind of get into the weeds a bit and it's like, well, he just keeps slipping down. He just mm. keeps slipping down. You know what his problem is? He's the movies? He's almost... The, well, the movies. <laughs> that is true. But I wasn't even... I wasn't really looking at the, the movies when I was ranking. I was sort of like... No, I want to look at the performances. Like, like how much of a James Bond are, the, are these people? Yeah. And weirdly, the fact that he is so good at, as, as James Bond kind of hurts him because he's almost like the platonic ideal of, of James Bond, like that suave super spy sort of thing. I, I don't know why he just sort of... There, there's nothing interesting about him. He's just very good. Do right. you know what I, do you know what I mean? Like, like, does that make sense? Like, is, he's is not. This, is this an example of the phrase when you're doing something right, people should exactly. notice nothing? I think at all. so. I think so. I think he's very good, and I don't hate his performance at all. In fact, I quite like him. For a long time, he was my favorite Bond. All um, right. When I was a kid, like obviously, I grew up with the Brosnans. You're so trying to justify a... to me, Stuart. I know. It's okay. I really it's am. Okay. I feel bad about putting him so low. The next, so my my fourth spot could surprise you is Daniel Craig. Wow, that yeah. does surprise me. I was surprised by how low he went. That I was surprise genuinely me. surprised. So yeah. I, I, I find Daniel Craig's Bond. I, I think the movies that he are, he is in are fantastic, except for one, two conceivably. Well, yeah, two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's one that's a mixed bag. One that's really bad. But Casino Royale is a masterpiece. It's an amazing movie. He's great in it. He's perfect for that movie. But as James Bond, he's shown that he can do the lighter stuff. But it's not what his Bond is about. His no. Bond is a blunt instrument. Yes. And while I really like that in his movies, for Bond himself, I am far more, as you well know, far more in the super spy camp. I really want yeah, the fun, yeah, yeah. jet-setting playboy super spy. That That's James Bond to me. Yeah. And so that's why Daniel Craig's in my fourth spot. 
Third spot, possibly not a surprise at this point, uh, Timothy Dalton. Ah. In third, love him. He was a revelation. Yeah, he was, he was a yeah. revelation when we saw his movies. I would have to say straight up, because uh, I haven't sort of put this anywhere, but possibly the biggest thing out of this series has been my discovery of how much I'm <laughs> yeah. totally how much you into are Timothy super Dalton. Super into Timothy Dalton. Uh, hey. Hey, the, the there YouTube, are worse things to be into. The YouTube clips of him as Mr. Rochester in a 1983 <laughs> production of Jane Eyre. Mm-hmm. Still getting high rotation yep. at my place. Sure. Just him storming about a big house. <laughs> just gaslighting the woman who's his nanny. Who's like, there's definitely a creepy person yelling and screaming up in the attic. And he's like, no, no, no. You're just imagining things. You're dreaming. Just massive gaslighting. I'm here for it. I'm all over it. I'm like, Yes. Tell me that I'm crazy <laughs> and that you haven't bigamously tried to marry me. That's what I want. No, but yeah, Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Fair enough. Very good. He's he's very good. He's very good. Yeah. Um, in we're, two we're getting into in, in two movies, yeah. he manages to make he manages to really make an impression. I think if he had been given a third or a fourth movie, mm. maybe it would have been shit. Who knows? Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know, he, I think he would have been far more up there. He was in a weird period in the franchise when people were sort of he was. People were waiting for Pierce Brosnan to arrive, and they were kind of like, who's this guy? Yeah. Um, but he was good. He was really, really good. Uh, my second spot. Now, I did struggle with this. Yeah, this I is... I did struggle with this. I'm, I'm, I'm really yeah. 50-50 about this 50-50 choice. I was 50-50 as well, and it's come down on the side of second spot is Roger Moore. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because Sean it's Connery Sean is Connery. number... It's Sean Connery. It's of Sean course Connery. it's Sean Connery. Of course it is. Like it's it's I'm just so it, like you, you think I, I almost flipped that just to be controversial, <laughs> but I was like no of course it's not like I love Roger Moore I yeah. love I love his Bond I love like what his Bond represents like like he is the epitome of the Playboy super spy yes that's his Bond but Sean Connery is just James Bond front to back like yeah. everything that is James Bond that we know and love comes from him. He just, he's, he's Bond. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's he James is. Bond. And he's definitely number one on my list. George Lazenby is number Number six. Four, <laughs> oh, okay. Six. Well, because I tie it. Oh, okay. So this is the real, this is the real hard thing for me because I find it really difficult to rate and my mind changes. So right. I, this is the list I wrote today. Okay. But this could easily have been swapped. So in second place tied, I've got Timothy Dalton and Daniel Craig. Wow, okay. And then now third I, place tie yeah. is Pierce Brosnan and Roger Moore. But I See, could wake up now, tomorrow. Now, I, under, I understand the thematic pairings. The thematic pairings, yes, yeah. yes. But what I mean is I could wake up tomorrow and flip those. Even as you were speaking, mm. I was like, I kind of want to flip those back up. Because, <laughs> you know, Pierce Brosnan, arguably GoldenEye, is one of my top favorites. But I was just thinking about that kind of rugged Bond actor today and in the mold of Sean Connery. And it's like, well, it definitely could be argued that... Timothy Dalton and Daniel Craig are more of that. Mm. Whereas Pierce Brosnan has a defter touch, not the comedy that Roger Moore is, but mm. certainly a defter touch. Yes. So they could flip tomorrow. This is why this is really hard for me. It's like, <laughs> I'm just glad that Sean Connery is just out the front with a bullet yeah. because the others are all, it's a moving. Feast, no, it is. And know? everyone's going to have their favorite. There are some people who wouldn't put Sean Connery at the top of that list. And that's fine. For sure. My brother's favorite Bond is Roger Moore. I think my sure. grandmother's is Roger Moore yeah. or Pierce uh, Bronson, as she always calls him. <laughs> um, my mother's is Timothy Dalton. 
Sure, and, and quite right. Always and forever. I, I, you know what? I would stand by that <laughs> by that decision. So everyone, you could make the case. Yeah, everyone has. A, my mum is purely because how dishy he is. But <laughs> again, total revelation for me in this thing. But yeah, I can't argue with Sean Connery, even in some of the later ones where he is phoning it in a bit. Yeah, he's just still magnet on screen he really know? is like even even in never say never again he's still sean connery <laughs> you know what i mean like he's, even he's with just, the piece yeah he's got he's got the, the crazy gray hair piece <laughs> and the weird tattoo that yeah. sort of appeared from <laughs> on his arm that's appeared from nowhere that he got drunk in a glasgow pub one night and... <laughs> so yes um do you have bond girl I, I definitely do on yes your list of things i definitely do and uh okay so i've, I've done five okay i've and... got I've got six, but I mean, technically I can tie the last five because it's probably being a bit cheeky. Okay. Well, well do you want to do yours? I we'll can start do mine first. Yeah. Okay. So uh, at the bottom, I've got Lois Maxwell's Money Penny, specifically oh, okay. Lois Maxwell's see, I didn't, I don't See, I don't include Lois, I don't include Money Penny as a Bond girl. I get it. Yeah. I, I had that thought too. She, she's in like, a class all of her own. Exactly. Yes. As is the second person, which is Judy Dench's M. Right. So okay. Well, okay. I kind of put those in there as like kind of a cheat, I suppose. Sure. But you could tie them at the end. Yes. Up in fourth spot, I've put Vesper Lind. And you okay. know I had issues with her performance, but I think as a memorable, and she's not even in the film for that much really. And she's certainly not perfect, but I can't deny Eva Green just stands out as she's a Bond great. girl. She's great. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just really evocative, like really charismatic, really... Those, those eyes and lips and putting on mascara totally incorrectly. Um, <laughs> it obviously stuck with me. Uh, then I've gone third spot, Honey Rider, the original Ursula Oh, Andrus, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Because I think she sort of establishes a lot of what the Bond girls will be. For better or worse. For better or for worse. <laughs> but also she's kind of brutal and a badass. Like she's got this yeah, innocent thing, but she like killed a guy with she, a spider. She will kill a guy. She will kill a guy. She'll <laughs> cut you. Uh, so I just was like, I think there's something in that originality and that, that ties into, you know, my love of Dr. No, which mm. we've talked about during this whole thing is like, yeah. I've always had to keep Dr. No fairly up there because I love it so much. Totally. In second position. And this is really tough. Um, but in second position, I've gone for triple X, Anya Amasova. Okay. From in Spy Who in Me. second position. In second yeah. position and first position, Pussy Galore. Wow. Okay, so yeah, I mean, look, that's that's a non <laughs> that is a non controversial opinion. I don't know why I reacted like that. Like she's she's a famous Bond girl. Like it's it's very. <laughs> I like the fact that the best Bond girl is the lesbian. I just think that well, that's great. Uh, that's true. I think that that's you know. fantastic. <laughs> and that she then gets uh, seduced. She gets seduced, but I can't think it'd be a long term thing. It clearly wasn't. No, maybe it's a, it's a very specific thing. Yeah, that's right. All right. It's a specific well, James Bond fetish. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She's got a Bond fetish, don't we all? My list of Bond girls from five to five to one. I guess if if I'm if I'm going to make an honourable mention for purely for me, I can't I can't put her in the top five. But I, I Jillson John. John. Yeah. <laughs> I just have I have a massive crush on on Jillson John. Man, her in those just like, that underwear. Massive, and... well, look, you know. It's like the tiniest, yeah. like curviest, I mean, you know, but tiniest. Yeah. She, she, like, in that is, bikini. It is just the nakedest Bond film. It's she, so she's weird. She's so naked. She is, so she much is of the time. naked, just covered by gossamer. Even when it's she's, just... even when she's wearing like an outfit, she, it's still like super plungy down the yeah, breast. Absolutely. Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah, skin yeah. tight, or yeah. And, and then, and then, like Plenty O'Toole comes along oh. and is also just in plunging necklines and yeah. Plenty O'Toole. What a what a ridiculous film. Anyway, yeah. 
Um, so, so she's an honorable mention, but my, my top five in, in number five spot, I put, uh, Wylin. So that, that's, ah, uh, uh, I totally forgot about yeah, yeah. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh, Michelle Yeoh who is awesome. And yeah, like I think, I think it was just a really interesting attempt by the series yeah. to do something different with a Bond girl. Yeah. In my fourth spot, I put Pussy Galore. Ah, okay. So she's and, up and there. Uh, she's up there. I, 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 I struggled. I, I put her in eventually, but I was just like, should I put her in? I felt like it was almost like a cliche to, to put her in. I'm like, am I doing it just because she was in Goldfinger? She was the Bond girl from Goldfinger. But, but I was like, no, she's actually, Goldfinger. she's a great, yeah. and she's a great character. Like, you know, she's got her flying circus. Yeah. Like she's got all this, like she's a cool character. I, I really, I really like her. In my third spot is Vespa Lind. Okay. Uh, is yeah. Very close on that one. Great. Yeah. I think we I think we're, we're the same. Four, no? She's yeah. sort of fourth for me. If you tie the yeah. last two. I think, um, yeah, she's great. Eva Green's amazing. We talked about that. Like, she's really, really good. Second spot, Yahtzee, uh, Snap, Anya Amazova, Triple X, uh, who is great and way better than I remembered. Like, because I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen For Your Eyes Only, uh, uh, Spy Who Loved Me since I was, like, much younger. Yeah, yeah. And I'd forgotten how good she is. Mm. Like, she's really good. She's Bond's equal throughout yeah. most of that film. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to guess who you put as number one now. Terry Hatcher in Tomorrow Never Dies. No, um... <laughs> Christmas Jones. <laughs> um, I wonder oh. if you'll get it. I wonder if you'll get it. So my number one spot. I can't think it would be any of the other Craig Bond girls. Because the ones from Quantum of Solace mm. we could barely remember. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Who was in Skyfall? Uh, do you want me, do you want me to... Are you going to go M? Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, tell me. It is Tracy DiVincenzo. Oh my God, Tracy! Tracy Bond! <laughs> he I married totally her. Forgot. He married her, Natalie. I totally forgot. And that's because she's awesome. Oh. She's the best. She's the best. I I had only seen. I had only seen like we like we talked about. That is an oversight on my part, just from me forgetting. I I think I think she gets she gets overlooked a lot because that film gets overlooked a lot. But she is great. She's excellent. She is the best. She is so good. Okay, well I'll have to rejig my list. She definitely Um, she starts the film a bit weepy and and needing to be rescued, but by the end she's like kicking dudes' asses. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. She's great. I love I love Tracy Boyd. No, you're right. That's that's a very 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 good choice for number one, and it's only just because I completely forgot that she existed. <laughs> not like that's my bad. That's just a you know when you're going through like I didn't have anything in front of me when I was doing all this. It was just coming no, from sure. my head. Well, so. and that's the best way to do it because they're the, they're the ones that have made the impression on you. Yeah. Do you have a best Bond villain list? I do now. Now are we splitting out villains and henchmen? Yes, I've got okay, a henchman good. list as well. Because I I was kind of I was looking up lists online to sort of like spark my memory of like who was actually in these movies and some of these are already seen so long ago and like some lists list villains and henchmen in the same list i'm yeah. like that is that seems insane to me yeah like i just so that, i've got a henchman list yeah as well. okay good good okay well we're doing apples with apples okay yeah. so do we want to do henchmen and then villains oh no do villains and then do henchmen. villains and then yeah. henchmen okay cool so my fifth place of my bond villains is Ernst Savro Blofeld, brackets, Telly Savalas. Ah, yeah, I didn't put down Telly Savalas. Yeah, no, I, I, I wanted good, to split yeah. it out because they're, they're very different characters. They are, yeah. And that's the only Blofeld that's on the list. Ooh, you didn't include Donald Pleasance. I didn't include Donald Pleasance, Blofeld, because I felt he was weirdly underwhelming. He is. When I finally, when you finally saw him. Yeah, and, and like, I've got him on my list, but I can go into that when we get to him. Yeah, okay, to okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just found, and, and that's kind of the point, like, 
the point is that he's been built up as this huge looming character and then when you finally see him he's this strange little man with like a weird scar um it reminds which us is, of the boss we used to have. <laughs> yes well yes it certainly does but um like that that's kind of the point and i get what the movie is doing but it, it's very off-putting and also he's been parodied so much through the austin powers movies and that sort of thing well that's kind of why maybe we can talk about, about that, that. Yeah. yeah yeah okay fourth spot and this might be a controversial pick, but fourth spot is Elliot Carver from... I don't disagree Tomorrow with you. He is a I, great Bond villain. He and is, he's not on my list and I'm kind of regretting not putting he him He is there. almost the platonic ideal of a Bond villain. Yeah. And I can see why people think that that's a bad thing. Yeah. But he is having such a great time. Oh, the scenery is oh so tasty and delicious God. and he's feasting on just, it. Just loving it. Like yeah. he's easily the best thing about that movie. He or is, he was hating it. So he was like, fuck it. He's I'm like, fuck, yeah, swing this. for the fences, yeah. see if we can have some fun. Yeah. Just great. I love it. Third place, Raul Silva from from Skyfall. Okay. Yeah, I had him on my list and then somehow he's disappeared, so I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah, no, I think I think he's really good. I like his motivation without the retcon from Spectre. Yeah. Um, like he I, I like that he was sort of Bond before Bond and that this is what he's sort of a weird twisted mirror yeah. universe version of Bond. I he, like that a lot. He's literally melted, a melted down yeah. version of yeah, <laughs> exactly. what he used to be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I really like that. I think, I think that could have been on the nose and it wasn't because that movie's very good. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, I think he's great. And, and he is very flamboyant in a Bond villain sort of way, which I quite like. Second place is for similar reasons, Alec Trevelyan. Oh, yeah. Keep going because yep, yep, uh, yep. he's on my list. So yeah, yeah, okay. Talk to him, yeah. Okay, so Alec Trevelyan, um, obviously great. Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Yeah. Um, Sean Bean, been great. Again, a, a, a weird mirror image of Bond. Mm. Um, he sort of bonds what might have been. Shadow. You know, yeah, his shadow is, is his thing. Um, yeah, I like when they do that and when they do it well. And so number number one. Number one, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Do you want me to guess? I, I, oh, go on. <laughs> I feel like I'm probably, it's going to yeah. start with a G. Oh, it could be. <laughs> he loves gold, Natalie. He, he loves, loves gold. gold. Uh, it's our gold figure, of course. So this is really interesting uh, <laughs> because I had the same top two, but in the, the different order. Opposite order, opposite yeah. Order. Yeah, I nearly, again, I nearly had them in that, that order. That is kind of something that I could flip on a dime for because yeah. it's Goldfinger. He's just like classic He's bad guy. And... On my list down, as we get to it, I've got a list of, you know, classic moments or magic moments and just his crime speech. Yes. Talking about raiding Fort Knox and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, it just doesn't get any better than no, that. He's, it's great. He's got the pool table that flips over. Yes. And <laughs> like, it's just, mwah. But Yanis, Alec Trevelyan, Sean Bean. First of all, it's Sean Bean. We've all got a soft spot for Sean Bean. He's great. But it is, and we talked about this with Tom in our podcast on GoldenEye, which is, you really didn't know that he was going to be the villain mm, um, yeah. coming into it. And he, you know, he gets shot in the pre-credit sequence and you're kind of like, oh, sad, but you move on. And then yeah. all of a sudden he turns up and you're like, oh my God, it's him. And he's so engaging and his villainy is um, focused and, you know, he's he's yeah. got a plan. He's going to disable and it's not an unrealistic plan. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, well, yes. Okay. Well, he's going to financially disable... London, like he's going to do an EMP attack. Sure. He's going to, you know, yeah. bankrupt people. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a revenge kind of plot. Absolutely, line. yeah. It's not a I'm going to take over the world. It's just he's going to be rich when it all comes, you know, down to it sure. or whatever. Um, but he's just such an interesting character, and yeah. as you say, he's a shadow to Bond's lightness, and he's just incredibly magnetic on screen. So, yeah. yeah, when I was writing this down, I was like, yeah, I think 
today it's a Yanis day. Absolutely. And, and the thing that the thing that I really like about him too is the fact that um, a lot of the Bond villains aren't physical threats to Bond. Like the, the henchman is the physical threat. Yeah. Trevelyan is kind of the whole package. Like yeah, because he, they he's have a, a physical. They have a knockdown, yeah. drag out fight, which you don't always get with Bond villains. No, like, no. You have um, the, you have the big fight with the henchman, and then yeah. Yes. Or there's a, a shotgun like Goldfinger, yeah. you know, he blasts him, blasts exactly, the hole, yeah. and then he gets out the window. But in the first Doctor No, he fights Doctor No. They have an actual man on man. Oh, fight. that's true. Yeah. And then he fights Red Grant. Yes. And Although I would Rosa argue, Claire, but they're more henchmen. I was, was going to say, I would argue that this, weirdly, yeah, Red Grant is a is a henchman. He's, he's definitely a henchman. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So going down my list, I had one Yanis, Alec Trevelyan, two Goldfinger. I then had a tie for third. Oh, okay. I cheat a lot yeah. uh, in these lists. <laughs> so I had Donald Pleasance's Blofeld and Dr. No, Joseph Wiseman, purely because of that visual imagery from both right. of them. So the, the, the Nehru the fact that jackets, both, yeah. the, the clipped delivery. Um, yeah, it's obvious that like the filmic Dr. No the, was the, the inspiration for Blofeld. Um, like they built on what they had done with they, Dr. Yeah, no they sort of and, built on yeah, it and yeah. then created this. And, and those two characters together is what we know as Dr. Yes, Evil. exactly. Yes. And, <laughs> and so I think in terms of legacy, in terms of quotability, in yes. terms of just sheer 60s camp, mm. you know, they had to be up there for me. I then put in number four, Scaramanga. Now, Scaramanga was nearly on my list. Because it's Christopher yeah. Lee. It's Christopher Lee. And I, he's yeah. just so like... <laughs> Oh, hello, you know, smoking cigarettes and going, come gum, Mr. Bot. Like, it's just, <laughs> there's not a lot to, in The Man with the Golden Gun, and I do appreciate <clears throat> that, but yeah. he's just great. And so he gets an honourable totally. mention. yeah. And then in fifth spot, I've got another tie, which is Stromberg and Hugo Drax. So Stromberg from The Spy Who They Lovely are very similar, And yes. Hugo Drax. So yeah. they're essentially the same, just yeah. very slow talking. One's kind of, I think he's German and one's... French. If I had to pick between them, I would probably pick Drax, just because. Well, he's... he delivers that great speech. Yeah. <laughs> and we are in space. We are now going to become the future. That, that beautiful speech. Well, just his, just his line, Mister Bond. I keep devising interesting, amusing Crazy. ways for you to die. Uh, yes, <laughs> you keep frustrating me. Yeah, and Stromberg's like, um, observe, Mister Bond, the instruments of Armageddon. Like, <laughs> you know, he's just got great lines. The weird fish hands. Yeah. You know, they kind of. They kind of, you know, obviously, as we've talked about, Moonraker was just like, how do we carbon copy Spy Who Loved Me and repeat the same thing? That's it. So that's why they're together. But I also have an honourable mention or sixth place, okay. if you will, for Electra King. Oh, which, okay. you know, oh, Sophie really? Marceau. Okay. Well, this is why she's an honourable mention because she's a female villain. And that's it's, true. It's a that flawed character. It's not. It's not the best possible version. But I do like the fact that we had a female villain who wasn't. I'm going to kick your ass and you know, whatnot, but she's the captor who became, no, the captive who became the captor kind of yeah. thing. And it flips that movie a bit on its head. So special mention for Sophie Musso as Electra King. Okay, fair enough. So henchman time. Henchman. Now, I don't right. have Red Grant on this list and he probably should be there. So right. let's just start by... Uh, <laughs> just acknowledging, <laughs> acknowledging that. Acknowledging that I... But he's, to me, he's slightly more than a henchman. He's in this he, weird... He has a weird space in the film. Yeah, he's not what I would call a classic henchman. He's Although he, is, he like... is literally he is literally tasked with killing Bond. I know, but... But, but you're right in that they were still... They didn't really know what a Bond henchman was yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah. So in, until we get to Odd Job, I think, is when you yeah. get like... Anyway. Uh, yeah. So who I've got then, if, if I nod to Red Grant, but I've got a tie for fifth place. Okay. I cheat a lot in this. Um, 
So a tie between Boris Grishenko, right. I am invincible yeah. oh, in Golden yeah, Eye, yeah, yeah. and strangely enough, and this is mostly here for you, Stu, Fatima Blush from Never Say Never Again. <laughs> See, I nearly included Fatima Blush, but then I didn't because I I figured she wasn't canon. Well, this is what I thought. I was like, well, Boris Grishenko is canon, but if we're going to tie, tie with Fatima Blush. She she, Crazy batshit. She absolutely rules. (laughs) I'm going to go scuba diving with you and leave you alone with sharks. And then I'm going to go dance in a parade. And then I'm going to see you and realize I failed to kill you. So I'm going to go blow up your hotel room and no one's going to seem to notice or care. (laughs) Just balmy. So in fourth position, I have Nick Knack. From awesome. the man with the okay, golden gun. Yes, very good. Just, you know, again, Herve Villachez. He's great. I, I, you know, he didn't get a role for four years after that movie, which is something <laughs> we discovered during the podcast. He, he did that movie, Taste of Fame, and then lived in his car until Fantasy Island. Yeah. So I was like, I just got to give a shout out to him. Third position, Xenia Onatop. Wow. From okay. Golden Eye. Yeah. If we technically regard her as a henchman I I definitely regard her as a henchman yes because the thigh the interesting method of death she's definitely a henchman and she's like a female henchman which is relatively rare in the Bond franchise Rosa Klebb she kind of gets grouped within Thunderball yeah exactly there's a lot of there's a lot of like they either get called Bond girls or femme fatales and it's like no no they're henchmen. They work for the bad guy. Yeah. And they're trying to kill Bond. But That's a henchman. But they're still in the poster. But because they're sexy ladies, it's yeah. like, oh, well, they're Bond girls. It's like, yeah. no, they're henchmen. Well, they're both, <laughs> Stu. They're hench people. Yeah. They don't need to be labelled with just one label. They can have multiple. <laughs> so she's number two. Number, uh, Sorry, number three. Number two is Odd Job. Right. Cool. Okay. This is interesting. Throwing, yep. throwing car, throwing, Because now I know what your number one is going to be. Now you know what my number one is. Are you going to tell everyone? Oh, yeah. It is. It is Jaws. Yes, it is Jaws. Because <laughs> he's great. Stu. He's best. He's absolutely the best. He's great as the bad guy in Spy Who Loved Me, <laughs> and then he's great with his little good turn in Moonraker. Like I love them both. It's. Yeah. I just can't. You know the team. A rare. I mean, he's the he's the one henchman who comes back. I can't think of a single other one who comes back a yeah. second time. Yeah. And he's he came back because he rules. He's the best. Um, unless you count like Mathis from. Spec- I, I don't. <laughs> uh, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, maybe? No, no, well, not Mathis. Um, Mr. Yeah, White, I guess? Or... Well, Ma- Mr. White is kind of a villain. But Ma- Mathis it, is like a... like a, a But a, he's an, an informant a, kind of henchman-ish. I, I wouldn't call him a henchman. I okay, call well, that's as close yeah. as I can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. So, my list is surprisingly close to yours in many ways, which is hilarious, actually. So I had in my number five spot, and I, I went all over the place with these. I was, I was, had various versions of this list. The one that I settled on, I'm not sure that I'm entirely happy with, but I will go with it. So number five, I put Mayday. Um, I'm not, I actually, yeah, she's definitely is, is right outside Very that good. She's very, great. very good. Yeah. She's great. I mean, she, she's in one of the worst films. Yeah. And, you know... She's terrifying she's as fuck. Terrifying as fucking great. <laughs> like, it's, it's awesome. Number four, I actually put... My number four spot, Red Grant. Yep, um, that's fair. I was like, you know, he, he kind of is the archetypal, archetypal um, henchman in many he's ways. The, like, he's, he's kind of what they opposite, build on. Yeah, he's like the opposite um, to Bond in terms of being an agent in the field. Yeah, be, because... Darkness. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, and he's, he's the first... He's that first instance of Bond's opposite number. Yeah. And he's kind of the prototype for every henchman that comes afterwards. That sort of unstoppable force, mm. fairly, fairly taciturn, doesn't really speak very much. Yeah. We don't hear him talk a lot. A lot of stuff is then built on on Shaw's uh, Red Grant, I think. And he has massive abs that just, you just yeah, punch his abs. punch his abs. Just punch him. He doesn't <laughs> flinch. Just bam. Um, in my third spot, I had 
Xenia Onatop. Hey! Because she rules. She's great. She's amazing. In my second spot, I had Odd Job. Ah! Which means in my first spot, I had Jaws. Yay! So our three top three, three, our top three <laughs> villains are exactly the same. That's a henchman pretty good. Rider. That that's pretty good. That's and pretty I good. Think, I think like a justifiable top three. Oh, like I mean, you would you would have to really argue the case for anyone to crack that top three. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I then have a best gadgets list. Mm-hmm. Do you have a gadgets list? As do I. As okay. do I. Do you want to go first? Uh, I can. I yeah. Let me pull more it up. Five, but. <laughs> no, I've well, got see, six. I've got six, and I've got a yeah. One can be now, an honourable mention. Now I will just say, and I, I this might be spoiling your list, but I did not include vehicles on my gadget list. I did include vehicles. You did include vehicles. <laughs> okay, in that case, then my number one is the DB5. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. my number one too. Yeah. And my um, number two, number is two is the Lotus. The Lotus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Like it's amazing. So that's like, fine. Yeah. So we so, can go. I've got four others. So. Cool. Okay. Great. <laughs> I can probably so, think of a few. With that in mind, like yeah. I, didn't, I didn't include Bond vehicles because yeah. I considered them slightly slightly okay, different yeah. category. True, true, true. Um, but I, I totally get why people include them as gadgets. What, you um, didn't include the uh, BMW from Tomorrow Never Dies, <laughs> aka the ugliest car ever. But you could remote control it with a phone, and which I've, was hugely I, impressive to me as a I as do a kid. mention that. I do okay. mention that later on. Well, okay. So um, my... My five, my five in my in my number five spot is the spy briefcase from from Russia with Love. I've got that there as well. Which is a you know OG. OG. That's that's the first time we see Q. It's also like every kid's spy kit. Like you yeah. think you think of like a spy. It's got money and knives and yeah. gas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. Number four is the sonic ring from Die Another Day, the one that can shatter glass oh, and stuff. What because I idea. think that's cool. It's really practical. It's a fun. It's a fun gadget that has bearing on the plot. Yes, which is always fun. Yeah. Number three for me was the exploding pen from Goldeneye. That's really yeah. I almost had that. That would be if I had to make my five without the cars. I, I mostly included it just left. to piss off Ben Wishaw in, in exactly, Skyfall. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we don't go in for exploding pens anymore. It's yep. like fuck you, dude. The, sp- yep. the exploding pen's great. My second spot was the miniature rebreather from Thunderball. I've got that too. Yeah. Yep. Because like, you know, just... Practical. Practical. And, and they reused it and later on. Well, it's shown up in other things now. Like like, in, like other completely unrelated um, properties use that. Like just people will have little mouth things that function as scuba gear. Oh, okay. And it's like, no, that doesn't exist. That's not a thing. <laughs> well, that, well, that I mean, I think that's one of the great things is that like the army rang the Yeah, they just assumed going, that they had hey, something. Hey, can we have the technology for those underwater? <laughs> They're like, we made that up. No, like, it's oh, a... <laughs> uh, never mind. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we knew. We were just testing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye. Bye. And then the number one spot on my list is the laser watch from GoldenEye. Uh, laser watch? Laser watch. It's a watch that shoots lasers, Natalie. <laughs> from Goldeneye. From Goldeneye, they, they have a they have a laser watch in Goldeneye. Does he? Yeah, unless I'm. When does usually, he use it? He's definitely he's had a laser watch. I'm pretty sure it's in Goldeneye, unless I've completely misremembered. But he's definitely got a watch that shoots lasers, which is you know that's my number one. I'm sorry. Okay, I will have to look that up because I don't James Bond laser watch. So I I okay so laser watch. Is it in Goldeneye? Have I completely mis- <laughs> misremembered? I mean, he's got the he's got the buzzsaw watch in Live and Let Die. He's got a then, watch in... Um, and he's got the magnet watch at one point. Omega um, made its first canonical appearance in 1995's Goldeneye, reappearing in Die Another Day. Yeah, he has I a watch can't... that shoots lasers. That's great. <laughs> oh, he uses it to get into the... 
into the at the very top of the yeah yeah he he like cuts a hole with it yeah yeah, yeah. that's right he's got to watch the shoots lasers Natalie he's got to watch the shit like shoots lasers it's also in the video game a lot it's a, maybe it's that's maybe that's where I'm remembering it from it's as well in a lot of the video games according to this it's yeah I'm pretty yeah, sure it's it was all in, over yeah. the video games yeah. all right because I put in the magnetic watch of course so which he, is actually if arguably far more iconic but well when you know he uses it to undo the to girl's undo the dress set. but yeah. then also to try and like get the he he's able to attach the gas pellet to it in live and let yeah. die and yeah. so I put that in and then I had uh, everything else that you had but I had <laughs> and, and also I'm, I'm quite happy for those to be in any random order I had the briefcase of tricks from Russia with love the underwater breathing pen from Thunderbolt and I had a special credit to the fake crocodile submersible from Octopussy. Oh, that that I nearly put that in. I nearly put Just that in. Just for laughs. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, and probably what I should put in there, and I know you didn't find it impressive, but little Nelly, the gyrocopter. Oh yeah, I guess I guess twice. because that's a literal thing. Like, but but yeah. in, in many ways I feel like that disqualifies it. It's almost like a stunt. Yes. Like yes. it's <laughs> It's like... Which I didn't do a stunt list. I did, however, do a best songs list. Oh, well, I definitely have the best songs list. You have the best songs list? Yes, absolutely. So, again, I've got slightly more than five. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, what I'll do is uh, an honourable mention to Madonna with Die Another Day. I don't care what anyone says. It's great. You are entitled to your opinion. Thanks, Stu. I know you think I'm wrong, but I'm not. And I then have The Living Daylights by AHA. Okay. Which kind of could tag team. No, I can't really because I like it better. So I've got at my technical number five position, The Spy Who Loved Me by Carly Simon. Okay. All right. Uh, or Nobody Does It Better. Uh, nobody Does It Better. Yeah. yeah. Nobody Does It Better. Number four spot, I've got A View to a Kill, Duran Duran. Mm, okay. Uh, probably the best thing about that movie, as we have said. <laughs> number three spot, You Know My Name, Chris Cornell. Excellent. Yeah. From Casino Royale. Absolute belter. This is always this is always the tough one, oh but boy. it has to always be in this order. Yep. Live and Let Die, Paul McCartney and Wow, Wings. okay, yep, yep. And number one, it's Goldfinger. There it is. Shirley Bassey. Awesome. It's just, it is... It's Bond. It's it James is. Bond. That song is James the Bond. The brassy yeah. tones that, you know... They, they have spent the intervening 40 years trying to recapture the magic of that song. And, like, song. I couldn't put Skyfall on that list because I like... Die Another Day and The Living Daylight's kind of better, but Skyfall would probably be just out of that list. Yeah. But then the next Shirley Bassey's would be in there yeah. as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Your list of songs? Uh, my list of songs is... So in number five, I had Nobody Does It Better. Yep. Um, which is great. Just a great, great song. It's so um, good. Number four, Skyfall. Yeah, okay. Made it in. Because I think, I think that was the closest they ever got to recapturing uh, Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. Like it was the right artist at the right time. They yeah. they kind of hit on it, and 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 weirdly, they've been trying to capture that the feeling of that song with the subsequent two songs, and they just haven't no. done it. Um, number three spot for me is "You Know My Name" by Chris Cornell, hey. Casino Royale theme, which is a absolute banger. Uh, and then number two spot, I have Goldfinger. Oh, you've changed. Yeah, and in number one spot. Wait, let me guess. All time high from Octopus. <laughs> No, the man with the golden gun. Oh, ah, yeah. Lulu. <laughs> coming by Lulu. In hot. Coming in hot. Um, no, I have Live and Let Die, yeah, of course, by Paul McCartney and Wings, because uh, it's an amazing song. Those, uh, two are, those two are almost tied for me, really, because they're just so great, but they're very different. Like, well, Goldfinger the is like classic, classic Bond. Yeah. And Live and Let Die is probably the best, like. It's the best song. It's a song. It's, it's just a, the best song. It's, it's just such a Easily, good song. hands down, the best 
like song of the Bond theme. Musically yeah. and yeah. And and really, you know, my name would probably come close to that side, you know. Yeah, it, except it probably... it's not as iconic as either of, of Live and Let Die or Gold. No, 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 but as it's it's not as popularly known, unfortunately. No, but, but it is a, but it is a good song. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so well written and the lyrics are fantastic and But know. I would argue, I would argue that it is despite the fact that it's a really good song, it is still in its DNA, a Bond theme. Like, it's yes. the theme song to a movie. Yes. Whereas Live and Let Die is a single. Like, yes. it's just a song that Paul McCartney wrote. Yes. You know, like, it's just, like, it's... <laughs> it is what it is. Like, it's just... It's a, it's a great song. Yeah. Whereas Goldfinger is the theme to yeah. Goldfinger. And A View to a Kill kind of mixes the two because the band went, hey, why do you keep getting shitty people to do your theme songs? Why don't you get yeah, us? You get, like, the yeah, most popular we band in the world. And they came up with a great song. So Can I say a potentially hot take? Not like I don't hate it, but it's not, it's never, I've never understood like the whole, oh, it's a great, I love, I love a view to a kill. It's like, it's oh, okay. just really of that era. Yeah, it's I just guess. So if you're into that sort of like mid 80s, poppy, but just the, like meeting you with a view, like it's just, yeah, it's, it's a banger. I think I just don't like Simon LeBon's voice. Oh, maybe. Um, but then you've got Aha and the Living Daylights is a bit more. Ah, the living daylights, but it's still kind of cool and eighties, yeah. and yeah. License to Kill, though, mm, too, <laughs> too wanna be Shirley Bassey, but not quite for me. Like, yeah. license to, ki-. but they stole the theme tune from Goldfinger, like that. Da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. Like that riff, I like, but just the lyrics and the yeah, because it harkens back to an older, better song. <laughs> yeah, so that that bit is good. Like with Sam Smith, where I said there's one little phrase, musical phrase in it. Which it was just like, if I lose it all, it's like that bit I like. Everything yeah. else, trash. Because because then it immediately falls off a cliff. Trash. Yes. <laughs> um, I didn't do the worst of, but yeah. Um, so I've got two more kind of lists, which aren't fives. They're just a whole bunch of things that I love. So I could go through them separately. I've got a magic moments list. And so a, so so do I. I have a, a magic and moments. And a less than ideal. Yeah, I, I, I had a, I, have a, I have a list called whiffs. Whiffs, like whiffs. as in like, smelly whiffs. Yeah, like yeah. Okay, that's probably like the same list. So do you want to do do you want to do the, the bad ones first and then end on a high or um it's probably funnier to do the bad stuff at the end. Okay, though. all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I get what you mean about being positive, but like I think it I think for the love of, nothing I say is out of like, oh this sucked. It's like these are the lovable flops. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. My my list is slightly more scathing. Well, as in but... <laughs> as in Yeah, as in this, you know, my less than ideal starts with the yellow face and you only live twice. Yes. The consent issues in yeah, Thunderball. Absolutely. And then goes into some of the more lovable sure. flops. All right, let's start with uh, magic moments. Do you want to just list through some of yours? And then yeah, we'll I can. Go well, through yours. And well, then I, I, did, can... I did rank mine. I did, I did rank mine. Oh, okay. So, I didn't I mean, rank mine. So no, you... that's right. Yeah, well, I, I, I did rank them because I was like, I feel like we should... There's some that are, I like, I like all of these, but like, I feel like there are some that like genuinely stand out. So magic moments, number five, testicular torture, I thought was a interrogation, a, the interrogation scene yep. in Casino Royale. I think that's a great scene. Oh yeah. Sorry. I was thought you were thinking, I was going with the uh, laser crotch heading towards the <laughs> testicles, but you're right. Yeah. That's, that's a class. I didn't have that one down, but yeah, that's a, that's a classic. That's a classic scene. Number four, golden eye dam jump. Oh, how can I forget that? That's a cracker. I, I kind of roll like stunts and, and cool scenes yeah, yeah, and things yeah, into yeah, the, yeah. One, in the one thing. Number four, uh, number three rather. No, Mr. Bond, I expect, expect you, you to, to die. die. Yep. Like 
just the most like such a such a clever line like the it, when they said it it wasn't a cliche yes. it was it was just a clever clever line number 2 the union jack parachute that, that that whole scene it's so good it's so good it's so good and Stu. It, it could be stupid stupid and it's, it's not, not. it's great like it is but it's it, not. it is stupid but in the best way yeah like it's it's it knows just it. the right amount of self aware yeah. Absolutely. We don't give a shit. This is what we're going for. And in fact, and in fact, the moment lands harder because you know the filmmakers know that it's silly. Yeah. That like they know that it's ridiculous that Bond would have a Union Jack parachute. They're just like to the yep. wall. A bit, but he does because he's James fucking Bond. That's right. Yeah. And then number one uh, for me, my personal number one magic moments in all of the Bond films is a spaceship that eats other spaceships, <laughs> um, which is of course the coolest thing. Just so. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Had, had you seen that film before? Or had you? I, I hadn't. No, that, that was one of the that ones that I hadn't seen. That was one of the ones you hadn't seen. So, like, so I just... wasn't aware that the Bond franchise included a spaceship that eats other eats spaceships. Eats other spaceships, yeah. And it's just, you know, it's just cemented the fact that I love this franchise. So, I had a whole big list. Can I go through this? Sure, let's go. There's kind of, like, good ones <laughs> at the top, but also scattered through. And I start with the Union flag parachute during the ski jump. Sure. The Spy Who Loved Me. The Pyramid Light Show and Jaws murdering oh, people. Oh, yeah, that's a great scene. In The Spy Who Loved Me. The entire DB5 chase in Goldfinger, including the ejector seat. Yes. <laughs> the interrogation and laser crotch scene in Goldfinger. Yes. Goldfinger's OG villain speech, <laughs> which is ultimately pointless because he murders all the other crooks anyway. Yeah, he didn't have to do that, he but he did. He's a showman. He loves gold, Donald. <laughs> the tank chase through Moscow in Goldeneye. Yes, so good. The spaceship eating other spaceships in the start of You Only Live Twice. <laughs> Dr. No saying $1 million yes. at his crab key lair. <laughs> and then Bond, that's a Smith & Wesson, and you've had your six, killing Professor that's, Dent. That is a good moment. Just yeah, yeah. in terms of establishing Bond's cold coldness yeah. and his ability to be an assassin. Absolutely. I don't think we really see that again to that level. Until Craig almost. Until Craig. Well, it's, until Dalton maybe. Royale. Until Dalton maybe. but The backseat car park pursuit in Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Cracker. The pre-credit sequence and opening titles of Casino Royale, which I just sure, mentioned, yes. um, including You Know My Name with the yeah. green and red and the black and white yeah, figures. Yeah. Bond running over the crocodiles and Live and Let Die. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. What did I, what I didn't even remember just that. Just a corker. That is amazing. Um, the opening credits and tr- song transition of Die Another Day. Again, yes. Madonna, North Korea. Yeah, yeah. Really love that. Film goes off the cliff, but sure. that's fine. <laughs> Grace Jones just being intimidating as fuck in G-Bangers in View to a Kill. <laughs> Showing her whole ass. Just her whole ass. <laughs> Just that toned, muscular, <coughs> phenomenal, carved from marble. Yeah. Like Just... how she exists as an actual person <laughs> in the world. I went and watched, did I send you the video of her at the 2012 Queen's, I think it was like the Queen's Jubilee or something for the Olympics. No. She performed singing right. a song and the entire time she's there in like this fabulous outfit with heels and boots and, you know, thigh high boots or whatever. Yeah. And she's spinning a hula hoop the right. entire time. And at this point she's like 70. Holy crap. And she's, and I'm like, have they got some magnets or she's just standing there singing like belting out this song yeah just look up like Grace Jones was, was it just 2012. do you think she just did that to show that she could like it just seems like something just a just it a complete flex it was one of those flex. things where you're like yeah why wouldn't you flex when you're Grace Jones and yeah. she probably has trained herself to like I can't do a hula hoop for more than maybe one and a half hoops yeah, that's right and then it just collapses yeah. like I have no control and <laughs> and she's just there singing just and twirling this hula hoop it's phenomenal it's amazing. 
the cello case chase across the border into Austria. Oh, yes, of in, course. In uh, The Living Daylights. Lots of fun with past throwing up yeah, the passport. Yeah, including like a weird trick car as well. Yes. Timothy Dalton seducing Cara Malovi at the Ferris wheel in The Living Daylights. That's <laughs> oh. just a personal favourite yep, of mine. Yep. Uh, Timothy Dalton jumping into the pool at the end of Licence to Kill. In fact, any time Timothy Dalton found himself wet in that film, which was quite a few times. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very wet Dalton film. Oh, yeah. Uh, lots of moisture. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 a, it's a new cocktail. The Dalton moisture. <laughs> um, Barbara Bach in that dress, walking through the desert mm. and then smoking Bond in the face in The Spy Who Loved Me. <laughs> Just the spy you know, That's the true, yeah, smoking yeah. in the face. That's true, yeah. Yep. Bond demanding a hotel change in Quantum of Solace and subsequent joke about the uh, we're on a sabbatical, teachers on a sabbatical, and we've just won won the lottery. lottery. As Tom Selinski mentioned, it's the only joke in the film, but it's a good joke. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The Day of the Dead Parade and tracking shots in Spectre. That is the one thing I'll I'll give Spectre. It's got some good stunt chases to car chases too. Why not? (laughs) And M's death in Skyfall. Right. Down to, you know, very somber, somber sort of moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good list. It's a, it's not comprehensive, but it's just all the things that I sort of put down that really stood out to, to that I love. So do you want to go next with your I, whiffs list? I, I can, and again, I, I limited myself to five. That's okay because I've got a bunch more okay. that we can talk about. <laughs> well, we we might find that we have a lot to talk about. Um, so in my fifth place, I had George Lazenby, okay. just in general, <laughs> um, which is possibly unfair, possibly because. As I realized when I was watching On a Majesty's Secret Service, mm. he's kind of the only Bond that actually, like, is a spy. Like, he goes undercover and he's playing a character and he commits to playing that character yes. for a while. You know, and it just... Like, <laughs> and he's also sleeping with every girl there well, that he yes, can that's, get his hands that's on, true. which but is I mean, also that's, Bond. That's Bond. Yeah. But, you know, he kind of commits to being a spy, you know? Like, and it, it's... I, I like that. You don't really see that with many of the other Bonds. Mm. Certainly not the extended sequence that it is in that movie. But it's having said that... It's probably more just George Lazenby rather than... Like, it's probably more George Lazenby as yes, a person rather yes. than his performances. <laughs> yes. I, I, and that's kind of what I was getting at. <laughs> like, like, it's kind of George Lazenby, like, you know, good on you, mate. You, you had a go. <laughs> it's, it didn't really work, though, did it? <laughs> it was, did, they, did they want him back? Like, like, well, he I'm, claims that, you know, they wanted him back for more films and he uh, said, no, I'm not going to be tied down, but... I, I, I think we all dodged a bullet there. I think, you know, can you imagine if he was in the next three Bond films? Would have been you know? really interesting. That's, yeah, sure. that's true. Maybe he would have been more fondly thought of, and maybe yeah. he would have grown into the role. But yeah. I think the one time he got he got the reins, he kind of I don't know, kind of whipped it. You know what? I just realised I should have put the Moon Buggy in Diamonds Are Forever. Oh in yeah. That list. How could I not put him in the Moon Buggy? <laughs> um, so in my in my fourth spot, I had Kananga Balloon. <laughs> uh, which is just, I mean, it's just for, for what, for a, a villain who is legitimately good, I think. Oh, he's like, great. Yeah. Like, like and in proper a movie menacing, that, menacing, proper, yeah, yeah. A movie that actually on, on this rewatch slipped a, fairly far down in my estimation. It was worse than I remembered. Yeah. But, it's, it's tough culturally with the. Well, yeah. But, but I mean, like even just as a movie, like, you know, it just sort of, I was like, eh, I don't really, I don't like this as much as I used to. And also there's a weird, yeah. a weird thing where magic is real. Um, that, that's a very strange, yes, yes. very strange <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, like, like I just, I just felt like for what had been a very, very good Bond villain yeah. to give him like such a weird death just seemed very strange yeah where you you literally like blow him up like a and i can balloon. see why because they had the gadget and they had the you know sure but, 
Yeah. I mean, he could have just exploded. He didn't have to look like a weird balloon man before he... Yeah. Anyway, it's fine. My third place was the final two thirds of Die Another Day. <laughs> uh, that is... I mean, as we've discussed, like... <laughs> An atrocious film. No, no, no. But what we'll do is we'll get all the diamonds out of the helicopter. Yes. And we'll take them into the house and just kind of spread them on and, the And lie on them. You know, and then we'll you have know sex as on, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just have sex on them. The most the, comfortable thing. The, the hardest sharp, substance. Yeah. The sharp, hard substances. Yeah. Can I uh, add, I was talking to Tom Zielinski, the same Skype call. Uh, we were chatting about something else and he was telling me about Screen Rant. And he said that he enjoyed our Die Another Day podcast because of the, the pickup that we had about... How how would they know that they were African conflict diamonds from yes. just looking at them under a <laughs> magnifier? Under a well, not even mag- mag- yeah. microscope, just a magnifier and yeah. go, ah, oh, these are African conflict diamonds. And Tom pointed out, he said, and on top of that, yeah. diamonds are carbon. Yes. They are just carbon. Yeah. yeah. You would not be able to tell one no. carbon from the next no. carbon. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, it makes no sense. <laughs> so it was like, oh, we did, like, we got to like 90%, but there's a whole other. Yeah, that's it. There's a whole other balance. level of ridiculousness. <laughs> that's right. You can always find something else about that movie that is dumb and stupid. <laughs> um, so that's why it's on this list. Um, second on my list is just all of the sexism. Um, just all of it. <laughs> it gets better. Like, it does get a lot better as the movies progress, um, you know, but those early movies can get real rough sometimes, uh, especially Thunderball. Yeah, the, uh, um, the, the, the girl at the... Shrublands. Oh, Shrublands? Scrublands? Yeah. Shrublands? Shrublands. The um, least appetizing holiday resort in yeah. spa. <laughs> yeah, like shady trees. Like, yeah. no, shrubs. Yeah. We're, very, we're very short and scraggly here. Shrubland. <laughs> Come to shitty Mud Creek <laughs> day spa. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, Come like... to the Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even finish that joke, but you know what I mean. <laughs> that's, a, that's a self-assembly joke. Yeah, you can work out the rest yourself. Um, yeah, like I think that the Bond films quite rightly uh, get a lot of flack for being pretty sexist, uh, especially in the in the early ones. Oh yeah, I think you can. It's it's weird because like the older the older Bonds, you can kind of make the argument it was of its time. Um, there was different mores at the time and all that sort of thing. As they get more recent, it's harder to justify some of the stuff that's in there until the films eventually like sort it out and you know yeah. are fine. And yet, ten years, twenty years from now, maybe we'll we'll think they're not so great. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where that you know that they try, and for the most part, we're not su- necessarily supposed to think that he's a great guy for being shitty to women. You know, it's it's not a hero worship thing in mm. a way, but I can see how people think that it can be. Well, it's the sense of, oh, he's cool. He's not attached. He just, you know, loves him and leaves him. He's off yeah. in the blink of, a night, blink of an eye. He's a spy. He's he's a girl in every port. He's, you know, it's that and that, kind of... And that's of... fine. And, and, and most of the movies you can make that argument for, but then you do get examples like Shrublands oh, at Thunderball yeah, where he definite... literally blackmails a woman oh, into sex. There are definitely yeah. terrible, terrible <laughs> examples. But I think it's fair to say that, like, to me, James Bond is the fantasy. So for me, looking at James Bond, it's like, oh, yeah, I'd like to dash into Shanghai and find my local hot piece and get some information (laughs) and a quick bit of loving and then, yeah, dash off to Moscow and find my local, you know. It's a certain type of What I'm saying is I wish I was an international Playboy spy. Sure. I've said it before. Yeah. I'm not shying away from it. (laughs) 
I am an equal opportunity sexist. Absolutely. I will objectify anyone. <laughs> it's a nice shirt you're wearing, Stu. <clears throat> Thank you very hey. much. Hey. Hey. It's just a plain back t-shirt, listeners. Yeah. It's, it's pretty... I'm wearing a Game of Thrones themed t-shirt. You are. That uh, somehow shrunk over COVID. I don't know what's going on, but all, <laughs> all my clothes have shrunk, Stu. Put it in the wrong wash, Natalie. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> So, same things happen to all my shirts. So we're up to your number one then. So my number one, my number one is of course the uh, yellow face in. Um, okay, fair in enough. You only live twice. Uh, easily the series, like the the, the single biggest. Like and, you can you like, can almost make the case for the sexism because it's like you know he's like a, a bit of a brute and a playboy, yeah. and, and it's part of the thing that comes from nowhere and serves well, no purpose. It must be in the novel. Well, it but is. I, I think yeah. Yeah, well, we discussed it at the time. Like it is in the novel, but like. Just don't have it. Like, just have him in disguise or hiding or something. I don't understand it's why almost... they thought... It, it makes no sense. And it's not even... Like, we we, we talked about how, like... Stu's veins are bulging so much, he's starting to hold his neck. It's, <laughs> a, it's offensive, but it's also... Weird. Baffling. It's weird. It's a baffling choice. It's weird because they have to go through this whole wedding ceremony. Yes. And he's looking For at... For no one's benefit. He's looking at women who he thinks he's got to be married to and they're all not particularly attractive. So he's like... <laughs> it sort of folds the sexism and, back yeah, in. Yeah. It's just... It's weird. Uh, so strange. It, I think they were trying to kind of go, we're showcasing a different culture. I think to be really generous... Sure. I think they were like, oh, well, this, you know, Japanese culture is so interesting and this beautiful clothing and um, rituals and things like that. So maybe they wanted to show that up because obviously Fleming was super obsessed with it. Like he, sure, yeah, he got yeah. super keen on, on Japan after going there for a visit. So he described all these things in detail. Yeah. So I think they were trying to be faithful to that. Exactly. But why they couldn't just have him, you know, in dark clothes and a hat a lot instead of the... And the other thing about the yellow face is... In a way, it's good, but it, it's not even very good yellow face. Like, <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Yeah, like, I know. Like, more convincing yellow face would be more offensive. So, they, I, I'm kind of glad they didn't go there. But at the same time, it's like, ah, we've given you some eyebrows. We've given you a bowl haircut, some and, weirdly bushy eyebrows, and, and, and given you some bronzer. Yeah, slightly taped your eyes. Yeah, like they, they kind of give him, you know, like more like, slanted eyes, like armored eyes, but yeah. it's sort of like not. Also, not like. It's it's such yeah. a strange look. It's not. It's just like Sean. Is that you? yeah? It's Sean, like it's, it's obviously Sean. He's not fooling anyone. He's <laughs> also he's also over six feet tall. So he's this. <laughs> there are tall towering, Japanese people. Well, yes, exactly. But, then... but but even in the shots that they choose to show, he's towering <laughs> over everyone there. It's strange. Yeah. Um, considering that they like, oh, you have to actually formally marry this woman, so it's like. It's okay like, no, for the island. No, he doesn't. It's like, no, her. she's an agent and her parents are both dead. Yes. So who cares? No one cares. <laughs> like, it, it's for no one. It's for no one but us as the audience to fill time in yeah, that movie. Not that it needed filling. Ugh. So I have a big list of fun things. Okay. Uh, the yellow face and you only live twice. Excellent. Okay. Yes, yes. We're... The consent issues in Thunderbird. Sure. The slapping of women characters in general. <laughs> uh... Yafet Koto's Kananga being blown up by a gas pellet in Live and Let Die. Absolutely. The impromptu CGI windsurfing in Die Another Day. Oh, see, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The C- I mean, you've gone the whole... T- I sort of pointed that out. As I like, mean, look. That was kind of... It was literally cresting the wave and going down. Yes. You know, just yeah, going yeah. down from that point. A very, was, a very visual metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Christmas Jones in The World Is Not Enough. That's fair. She, she is very bad. <laughs> Miss Fields in Quantum of Solace. 
Yes, yes. Doesn't really have a point. That's true, although... They don't like, even get the joke. They just kind of hint at her of, name. And... Yeah, she kind of just is not she's like just a there. non-entity. Like, I didn't even think of her for this list because... She's just there to... Well, this is what I mean. I've got less than ideal. So sure, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's things that are offensive, but also things that are just like, what? Mm. She's just there to be dressed in 60s outfits and sort of chastise Bond a bit, but then inexplicably yeah. wind up in bed with him. Exactly. Like, like Gemma he asks, is... He literally asks her where the stationery is, and the next thing he's like licking her back. Yeah, it's so I strange. guess he found the stapler. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the pencil sharp. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I was thinking there's going uh, to be a more innuendo-laden <laughs> reference. Next one. Sheriff J.W. Pepper. Oh, God. How did I not think of J.W. Pepper? <laughs> Who All comes right. back across multiple movies? Yeah, would you refer to him as a henchman? <clears throat> I mean, it's he's... just the two. It's just the two. It's just the two. Like, the fact that they <laughs> brought oh, him you back. Son of a gun! You stop that! I'm Sheriff J.W. Pepper! This is not a bad Sheriff J.W. Pepper. That's not bad. That is not bad. I'm impressed with yeah, that yeah. Next on my list, uh, B.B. Dahl coming onto Bond in For Your Eyes oh, Only. Oh, yeah. And and saved only by the fact that like Bond <laughs> rejects her advance, advances utterly. But even so, the fact that they decided that was a fun gag. <laughs> it's like, oh man, come on. The weird Margaret Thatcher ending of For Your Eyes Only. <laughs> <laughs> and the parrot going... What's the parrot saying something like oh, brother, really. <laughs> naked, naked? Well, the the the, the uh, Margaret Thatcher ending is made doubly weird by the Crown uh, season four, which is airing at the moment with Julian uh, Anderson as, as Margaret I Thatcher. I have yet to see the Crown. I, I should sit down and watch. It's a very it. good show. Yeah, uh, Roger Moore's thick makeup in a view to a kill. <laughs> it's just really spackled on there. See, like I didn't want to. I didn't want to lay the boot into into poor oh, old Roger I'm but not, like he's this is not laying the boot in these are just like fun no, things no I know of, yeah, yeah exactly here's some of the dodgy side of Bond <laughs> uh, the useless smart blood inspector yes yeah that just doesn't so that does nothing something which was so perfectly encapsulated by those screen yeah 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 uh, videos. He says, <laughs> "Wow, that'll be that'll be difficult. That'll, that'll He'll be have real, to deal with that. How, it'll be it must be really hard for Bond to escape the smart blood tracking. He's like, actually, no, it's going to be super easy, <laughs> barely an inconvenience. How's he going to get out of being tracked? He's just going to ask you to not track him. <laughs> oh, okay, and that works. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, so Bond does shitty things to his friends. Yeah, but they don't mind. Then he steals a DB DB ten. <laughs> Screen rant, pitch meeting, watch them. Yeah. So the whole bullshit, sorry, that whole bullshit huh? about only finding out Miss Moneypenny's name at the very end of Skyfall. That is pretty bad. We've never been formally introduced. It makes it makes it makes no sense. It makes they could me, have done it. So they could have done the same gag it, and just not had it, it be stupid. It could have. It, they could have done so many other things. Yeah. It totally. makes me so furious when I think about it. They could have achieved the exact same thing and done it in a way that didn't make no sense whatsoever. Yeah. 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 Um, following on from that, <laughs> that extra whole bullshit about Blofeld being Bond's brother yes, and the architect I, of all his pain, Inspector. What now, the look, fuck? I deliberately did not put that on my list because I knew you would have it on yours. <laughs> um, because it is dumb as hell. And like I said in our Spectre episode, that's canon Blofeld now. Like, yeah. that's the current version of Blofeld that we have. Is this weird... So he was James Bond's adopted stepbrother. Fuck that. <laughs> it's so... That sucks. It sucks. And the more I... Uh, the more I think about it, I really do think it's the whole, like, James Bond extended cinematic universe. And yeah. It's like, we don't need that. No. 
Bond we've never needed that. And that, that's the thing that we've learned watching these movies is that there is there is some loose connective tissue sure. between all of them. Like there's there's the certain idea that Bond that was married, over. he yeah. lost his wife, he is sure. emotionally stunted, he is, you know, he's devoted to Queen and Country mm. in the most ridiculous sense. He, you know, he's got pride. He, yeah. Definitely keep all those aspects. That's part sure. of Bond. But we don't need to, like, do we need to have everything explained? No. In a way that no, we probably don't. won't make sense <laughs> in the end? No. To answer your rhetorical question, no. <laughs> As I said, I just want to see Sherlock Holmes solve some crimes. Yes, exactly. Do some, have his detective magic shit. Totally, totally. I just want to see James Bond sex up some ladies Shoot some bad guys, yep. foil some plans, absolutely. Do some stunts, drive some cars, totally. Drive some women. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> drive some women, do some cars. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Mix it up. Yeah, mix it up. Uh, Sean Connery's hairpiece in Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> Although that could be sort of phased right back, as we found out he was wearing them from the beginning. Uh, then I have <coughs> James Bond in clown makeup in Octopussy. James Bond in the knife-throwing outfit in Octopussy. <laughs> the light plane disguised as a horse's ass in Octopussy. <laughs> Bond's South American general's fake moustache in Octopussy. <laughs> the Tarzan tree swinging from Octopussy. Yes. The telling a tiger to sit in Octopussy. <laughs> the eating of sheep eyeballs from Octopussy. <laughs> All of those awkward Indian cricket, tennis and rupiah jokes from Octopussy. <laughs> The extended boob shot in from Octopussy. Yep. And the song All Time High from Octopussy. Awesome. Yep. Very cool. So basically most of the key elements of Octopussy. Just a lot of yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. choices yeah. in that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my list of the it's less than a... ideal part. Like once I started with Octopussy, it was like, oh, and that from Octopussy and that from Octopussy and that from <laughs> the many villains of Octopussy. Exactly, yes. That whole Fabergé egg auction thing. Oh. The weird hench girl who turned out not to be a hench girl, but also yes. didn't die. Like, what was her deal? Yeah. Nothing. Then they had that... Octopussy from Octopussy. Yeah, not really being much of a Yeah, villain. like kind of a, a spectator in her own movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very strange film. The weird tattoos that they had. And she's <laughs> like, this is my little octopussy. Like... <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Sorry, I've just... <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I'm good. Do you like my little octopusy tattoo? Oh. Please, please stop saying it. Oh. <laughs> I wish it was an octopenis. Hmm, look at my octopini tattoo. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight times, no thank you. <laughs> ah, but the tentacles. Um, I haven't watched that show on Netflix. Is it with my octopus teacher? I don't Have even. I don't know show? what. I don't know what you're talking about. There's a show on Netflix called My Octopus Teacher, and I thought it was like a parody, but apparently it's for real. And it's a guy who's like a documentary maker or something, right? And he was depressed or something happened, and he ended up going to this holiday home or something. And he starts swimming in the ocean and befriends an octopus and starts okay. filming this octopus. Um, here we go. A 2020 Netflix original film which documents a year filmmaker Craig Foster spent forging a relationship with a wild common octopus in a South African kelp forest. He began free driving in 2010. Okay. This is a year, 10 years ago. Uh, he met a curious young octopus that captured his attention. 
he decided captured to... his attention and later his heart. <laughs> he decided to keep visiting her den and tracking her movements every day for a year to win the animal's trust. The two form a bond where she plays with Foster and allows him into her world to see how she sleeps, lives and eats. Uh, in the film, Foster describes the impact on his life of his relationship with the octopus. Um, so, yeah, apparently it's amazing. People, like, really love this film. Cool. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it sounds ridiculous, but I'm sure it might actually be weirdly nice. enough, it sounds like the actual plot of Octopussy, the short story. <laughs> which is the whole point is the dude yeah. who goes to, you know, Bond goes to say, hey, we know that you committed crimes during the war. I'm taking you back to London, unless you'd like to go for a short walk. Yeah. Just to... Take the breeze, take the air, clear your head, take this gun with you, whatever. And he goes into the ocean and lets his favourite octopus sting him to death. Yes. So what have we learned, Stu? Um, <laughs> it's been fascinating to watch the Bond films in order. I think we've, we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, but I just found it so interesting to start with Dr. No and then just work through them and to see how the series sort of built on itself as it went on, because obviously we're coming to it from a 2020 perspective. We have a very clear idea about what a Bond film is, who James Bond is, what a Bond girl, gadgets, villains. Mm. Going back to Dr. No and watching the series figure out what a Bond film was is fascinating, Mm. you know? And then to go through all the subsequent movies and see how, you know, that this series would sort of build on what it had done before. It would, strip things down it would change things up it would go back to basics then it would then it would sort of build up again and mm. then it would pair itself back you know it was fascinating you know we saw like all different sorts of experiments and, and strange you know detours and you know uh thunderball which is like you know a weird experimental art film it's it's uh you know five months long in, fa- in fact it's actually still going i've got it going in the next room <laughs> Uh, it's, so that's what cracking the yeah. eight month mark. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's um, it's it's actually still going. It should be nearly finished. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just kind of check in on it from time to time. It's still bad. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's been the 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 two the twin discoveries is Stu's <clears throat> distaste for Thunderball and Natalie's surprising love for Timothy Dalton. Sure, yes, <laughs> that's what we can take away from this. But no, I I, I just think it's been fascinating to watch the series. In order, because you never do that. Certainly not with Bond films, because there's no need to really. Mm. Like you, we, as we said, we, there's not a serialized aspect to it. It just sort of builds on itself, and it's been fascinating to watch that sort of cultural oyster shell just grow mm. and grow and grow and grow. And yeah, it, it's been it's been really fascinating. I've I've really enjoyed it. What 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 did, what did you think of it? I think it's been a great project, and I love putting everything into the timeline because it is one of those things with the Bond films, the way that we've consumed them is watching them all out of order or when it comes on TV here and people constantly say, what's the one where he goes into space? Or what's the one where there's the guy with the teeth or what's the one with the hat? And what, you know, so much of Bond is just snippets of these films to actually remember, Oh, this is this film and this is this and this is where this goes. It's nice to have that clear. So I can, you know, I can tell you now, whatever scene you're thinking of, I can go, yep, that's this one, you know. So it's been good for my, to, you know, deepen my knowledge, which was, I hope, already quite, quite (laughs) decent. Yeah, the big revelation to me is the Timothy Dalton thing, how much I would have loved to have seen him do another Bond, but how it was good that they switched to Pierce Brosnan at the time that they did in the same way that it was good that they switched to Daniel Craig at the time that they did. And I think Casino Royale did something really interesting, but that the Craig experiment for me has dipped more than it soared. 
Yeah, it, it's it came out of the gate as strong as it possibly could. Yeah, and then it's been chasing that high ever since. Yeah, and I will always go and see the Bond films. I love them. I will sure. always support them. But it has been really interesting to go. Well, is it just me that I'm old and busted, and they're taking Bond in this exciting new direction? And you know, I've just got to get with the times. Sure. But I don't think it is. No, no. I, I think that what we've sort of discovered and particularly going into the Craigs is just even with Die Another Day, it's stupid. A, a lot of A View to a Kill is stupid. They're still kind of fun to watch. And yeah. some of the Craigs just become a bit like... <sighs> well, and actually that was one of the weird saving graces of Spectre was that they seem to be trying to get back to yeah, what they do. That's, like, and they... that's why I was surprised with Spectre mm. about how much I did enjoy a lot of aspects to it. Yeah. Considering... The first half hour of that movie is delightful. Yeah, like... <laughs> there's great elements and I don't even mind the fact that Q, the smart blood thing, I think they could have done it a different way, but I like the fact that Q always, that's what Q should do. Sure, yeah. Bond's, you know, his secret Q, favorite. Q's got bond, Bond's back. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be like, you're naughty and I disapprove of everything you do, but okay, look, here's some more gadgets that'll help you. <laughs> I like that. Um, I like the fun elements. I think Daniel Craig is a very serious Bond. Yes. And... He's so good when he does jokes, though. That's the thing. I know, yeah. He he can do that twinkle. It's not like he doesn't have the talent to do it, but for some reason they've just kind of really... He's been pigeonholed into this, like, he's the brute force Bond. Yes. It's like, he could could be so much more. Yeah. Um, So, I just brought up a comment, a friend of mine on Facebook, Al, I don't know if he listens, but uh, posted one day, a couple of weeks ago, I'm increasingly confident the next Bond movie is going to be the worst one ever. And I replied, in quality terms or box office... And he said, quality, with Boyle pulling out and a bunch of writers trying to salvage it, I reckon it will be a train wreck. Apparently they had to do a bunch of reshoots because the test screenings hated it. Nothing about it is sounding like a winner. Hmm. So I was wondering what you thought about, to me, they've got to do a lot of work to justify what we discussed in our Spectre podcast is that you can't get away from that freaking Blofeld Bond brothers well, that's true, exactly, and you know, maybe they will. Blofeld I mean, is the sappy, nobody loved me, brother. Like, as much as I would hate another retcon, I would be very happy with them turning around and undoing a lot of that, and turning out that Blofeld is full of shit and has been bluffing the whole time. They had the pictures. They had the- sure, sure, they did. I, I don't know. I mean, the other thing would just be to ignore it. That's kind of what a lot of long-running shows like yeah. Doctor Who or something yeah. do. If there's a bit of canon that they don't really want to deal with, they just ignore it. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm happy with that. Just turn Blofeld back into like a, a powerful Kingpin-style to, villain. To me, Bond is the... <coughs> he's the wrench in the system. So all these yeah. villains want to try and do plans and Bond gets in the way. And even one that's personal. Because I don't think it's bad to necessarily to have that personal... Link. It can become personal between the, Blofeld and Bond because they end up clashing so many times or you know Alex Trevelyan we've talked about that tonight just about how much we both love that character we love the fact that he came from the kind of like Raoul Silver Silver did then subsequently like their previous spies in the vein of Bond they have not had his whatever it is about him that keeps him loyal he doesn't care about money he doesn't care about you know power he just cares about doing his job and doing the right thing, even when he inadvertently, you know, murders people, whatever. But, um, <laughs> he, you know, he represents something that I think particularly probably a lot of British people, English people, but a lot of other people is this, is, is this, and he even, he even describes it in Skyfall, this, he, what do you describe it as this like pathetic sense of duty or pathetic sense of country or right, something like yes. that? 
And I know there's a lot to explore and unpack about, you know, British colonialism and that sort of thing as seen through, or the Bond lens seen through that filter. I know that's all there. I know that's all part of it. But at its core, the Bond of the films, you know, and not of the books, because Fleming was very, you know, clear about Bond is not the kind of person you want to be, not the kind of person you should be. He's a bad man. Yeah, exactly. And that is true. But also the Bond of the films has something else, which is Mm. it's cool yes he's very cool but he's also kind of daggy in the sense that he does do what's right look he's trying yeah. to defeat bad guys and there's a certain deluded nobility to that that i think is attractive to yeah people. He's, he's fundamentally a a bad and broken person trying to do good things yes you know in, in the in the way that he knows how which yes. is doing terrible things to people yes <laughs> Again, it's not a, it's not saying there's a moral superiority. It's not saying no, that there's no. not there's not um, problems with the the all that sort of stuff. But it's like at the end of the day, he is a superhero. He's a super spy. Totally, yeah. And that's the film version has established a sense of fun and a sense of doing what's right. Yeah. Whether you know clearly representing a decaying empire. I get it. Well, like, we're, I, we're rapidly approaching the point where we're going to have a post-Brexit bond, which is... And that's interesting. Fascinating. That's fascinating. Yeah. Like, that will be really interesting to see if they explore <laughs> that a bit. Yeah. Because, you know, they've talked about Bond being a relic and being outdated and being who the hell... You're not CIA. You're not KGB. You're Britain. British intelligence. You don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but for some... It, it matters. It matters that he's not a crass american it matters that he's got these british traits Mm. that he's well dressed that he's well spoken that he's likes fine things he's refined yeah you know that's something i didn't put in my list of great moments but sean connery just smoking the cigarette going bond james bond just establishes yeah this sense of coolness to the character that's it and that's him just in his downtime like he's not on it he's not on a case at that point he's just he's just hanging out playing some cards yeah winning some money, impressing <laughs> some ladies who then just turn up at his apartment somehow. Of course. But yeah, and so I think that's the bond that always attracted me because I didn't really have a superhero background. Yeah. You know, a Batman. I love Tintin. Sure. Because he's like the adventurous boy reporter. Absolutely. But again, very noble, very pure. But James Bond was the exciting, cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Doing what's right, kicking butt, you know, and it's, it's great. And I'd be sad to lose that forever if they continue down a kind of, no, it's got to be gritty and realistic. It's like, does <laughs> yeah. it though? Does it? We've had a year of mass con- pandemic. I'm quite happy to just have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And that's, that's why I worry about all these films that have been pushed back to like 2021 and that sort of thing. Like you do worry that they might miss the, Z- the zeitgeist. How are they going to feel? Yeah, that in they'll a... feel very strange because they were all made before the pandemic mm. started. You know, and that's a long time, like culturally. I, I think that, I've heard that some uh, like American shows that have started production again are doing like COVID episodes or that's I, a bit of a... Having said that, I don't want that. I, I don't want... This is what I yeah. mean. Do we do we acknowledge that I don't want, this is a thing? Yeah. Do we have people in face masks in I films? don't want people doing elbow bumps and, and in face masks, like, because I'm still holding on to the hope that that won't be a thing going that's forward. That's right. Yeah. You know, but and so it'll be this time, weird glitch. At the same time, it will be really interesting to have that cultural product as a time capsule. Yeah. Of so, in ten years, we can look back and go, "Hey, remember 2020?" <laughs> but but it, will, it will instantly date those those episodes and those movies. You know, yeah, like yeah, but you know, I guess it's it's a strange thing like, to sort of have. But this is what 
you know, the, the, the Bond films of the 60s are dated to the 60s. You that's know, true, think... although um, you, th- that's right, and this is slightly an unrelated point, but uh, I, I was fascinated on the rewatch that actually, like, like, you look at the Austin Powers films and they are all about, like, the swinging 60s and, yeah. you know, all that sort of thing. That's not the Bond of the 60s. No. The Bond of the 60s is a square. He yes. is a institution. He hates the Beatles. He hates the Beatles. Yeah. Like, you know, he's a, he's a Savile Row suit, yeah. you know, like... He's you know, the establishment. He, he, go, he goes yeah. to like a high end club to play ba- like baccarat. Like, yeah. you know, he is he is an establishment figure in in an anti establishment time, and it's very interesting to see that and to see that carry through through all of the all of the films. Like to have him be, you know, the, the films themselves are this weird weather vane of culture and pop culture and movies in general. But Bond is always like slightly opposed to the. The zeitgeist of the time. And that's and that's kind of good. It's this yeah. weird, daggy, familiar, sure. but reliable yeah. presence. Absolutely. That it's it's like your dad, you know? <laughs> if, if you're lucky enough to have a good dad <coughs> who's always just your dad. Yeah, absolutely. And you can always just trust that the, the, he's going to yeah. respond in a dad way. And absolutely. you're going to... The, Roll the bond- your eyes and go, classic Marcus. That's <laughs> my dad. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he listened. I have told him about this podcast, but he doesn't like any. He doesn't like headphones or earplugs. Right. Well, that's he that's- doesn't like having things on his ears when he listens to things. Sure. And I'm like, that works for me. You can't. I mean, you could just put it on your phone on speaker, but yeah. Why? Why tell him those things? I was like, what do you do when you go walking? I look at the nature, Natalie. <laughs> I look at the trees. I think in my brain. Oh, God. I'm trying yes. to avoid that. <laughs> Plug brain. I'm desperately Ooh, trying oh. to crowd out my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I need more comedy. But if you have a recommendation for other podcasts that aren't yeah, us. Call in. This is why I need to do more podcasts of us talking. So it's, you know, it's like listening to a podcast, but better. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, well, we, any other thoughts? Sorry, I feel like I interrupted you there. No, 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 no. I was, I was just going to say like, like the Bond films are the ultimate dad films. Like they, these are films that your dad likes in that, in that daggy sort of way, you know, which, which I, which I quite like about them. Yeah. I, and I don't hate it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't. I, I like them very much. And the thing is I've, I've become more obsessed with Bond films than my dad ever was. Like my dad would always sure. have them on go, Oh, it's a Bond film. You know, turn them on. Well, well you pursue it with the, the single mindedness of the, of the fan. Yes. Where, whereas a lot of men of your dad's generation, yeah. they just are casual. They're like, you'd, Oh, you'd go, I, to, I the like, you'd go to the cinema and, and there's, a, there, there's a, a Bond film playing. We'll you know, watch there'd be the sexy Bond girls film. and gadgets yeah. and cool cars. Yeah, you know, basically what you were getting. And you know that you'd spend your five cents on a cinema ticket, whatever it was. <laughs> And you'd have a great time. Absolutely. So I, really the only bad time I've had at the Bond, at theatre with Bond, and I've seen everyone since GoldenEye at the cinema, is, is Spectre, Spectre with that reveal. It yeah. just left me so angry. Yeah, it's terrible. I still had a good time with all the others, even if I was a bit like, oh. but yeah, Spectre was just, yeah. So I'll, I'll be interested in No Time to Die. I really hope yeah. it's a good send-off for Daniel Craig. I do too. And it's fascinating to see what they'll do next, what they'll do with No Time to Die and then what they'll do next. Because if you're being very, very charitable, Sean Connery in Dr. No and Pierce Brosnan in Die Another Day are technically the same character. Yeah. Like it's all one continuity. 
but they make a very hard and deliberate break with Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's bonds yes. are their own thing. Like I know, I know people have all sorts of weird charts and and, and things that yeah, they, they yes, explain yes, yes, how yes. everything fits together. But you know, for all intents and purposes, they rebooted the franchise, and they're now coming to the end of their time with Daniel Craig, and they've they've almost accidentally made him impossible to continue on from because he is now a grizzled retired agent. Yes. You know, so what are they going to do next? So to speak to that, Eloise, who was on the podcast for Moonraker, left a fantastic uh, list of of great things from uh, the Bond films, uh, including things like... No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. She's mm-hmm. mentioned Q. We haven't even mentioned Q we haven't very no. much, but Q, obviously <laughs> the source of many, many great moments. So great. Hers was the uh, pun about, uh, I think he's attempting, re- attempting re-entry, sir, at the end of the video. That is a pretty great pun. She says here, I'm very curious about the future of Bond. Considering how Spectre tried to do that ridiculous tie-everything-together story arc, do you think No Time to Die will have some sort of scene to explain why the inevitable next Bond is not Daniel Craig? Bond films always just put in a new actor without the need to explain why they were different, except for that George Lazenby quip at the start yes. of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> because back then there wasn't really the concept of a reboot. So will the next film after No Time to Die just pass on to the next actor, or will they reboot the entire franchise over again, like between Bos- Brosnan and Craig? Well, I mean, I hope we don't see like another Bond Begins. I, I-, I hope, my-, my fervent hope is you just... The movie starts and there's a new guy playing James Bond and and it's never mentioned again. Yeah. Like that would be the best possible scenario. It's just, hey, here's the next James Bond movie. Yeah. And we're just going to do these. Yeah. And have fun with them. Yeah. And I think in, you know, that's what the Moore films and the Brosnan films did well. Yeah. They didn't give him backstory they they like yeah, timothy it, dalton wanted to have a bit of angst but still neither of his movies are connected they're just sure. there yeah yeah and that's fine i mean by the time you hit the brosnans it is untenable to believe that he is the same character that sean connery of was course. playing yeah. but they persisted with it right up until daniel craig yeah. so you know I, I just think it's like yes we know we just all pretend to ignore yeah, that just everyone ignore just it don't it's think just about fun. it it's a james bond movie it's a you james get it. Bond movie. it doesn't make sense yeah it's fun he's gonna you know uh, he's gonna foil a foil an evil villain's plot yeah, I, th- I think that's probably about... I mean, look, I'm sure we could do another another coda. A coda coda. A coda to the coda. A coda to the coda. But maybe we leave it at that. And we talk about other things that are coming up that we might be doing. First of all, I understand there's some Doctor Who news. There is, as far as I know. Um, we seem to be getting... I mean, we, we are definitely getting a festive special. A festive um, special. A festive special. It's political correctness yes. gone mad. <laughs> what not Christmas? Blah 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, as we as we've talked about before on Who's Raven on, we they, the they, Doctor Who subsection the, of this podcast. Exactly, exactly. They had Christmas specials for years and years and years, and then they just decided they weren't going to do them anymore. I think it's really hard to come up with a different Christmas theme every time. Sure, you've I'm always sure got it to end be. up being happy yep. on Christmas Day. Which exactly. Look, I get that Netflix is releasing hundreds of thousands of dodgy Christmas movies that all have that same thing. So maybe I'm talking out of my ass. Wouldn't be the first time. But I think maybe just having some other options. I mean, like the thing is, like you don't even have to lean that hard into it being Christmassy. Like it just it just has to be generally a bit more light and frothy than 
Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like, like there's there's scene ways of all to the characters having dinner together. Yeah, there's ways to do a, a Christmas special without having it be intrinsically about Christmas. Yeah, like that because that's certainly what they leaned heavily on year after year during the RTD and Moffat eras, and you don't have to do that. And that seems to be what they are going for with uh, in the Chibnall era. But also, the first Christmas special was actually on New Year's Day. <laughs> you know, like it was, it, and it was deliberately on New Year's Day. And now we're getting this one, which is, it says as a festive special. I don't know whether they're going to do it, like, they, they, they'll probably have it, like, between Christmas and New Year's sometime. Maybe they should put it on Boxing Day. Boxing Day is the underrated holiday of well, the festive season. the thing is... Because all the drama of Christmas is over. Exactly. You just get to it's just eat all leftovers. Leftovers and no pressure. Go to the, or watch the cricket if you like cricket, or go to the sales if you like shopping. That's right. That's all you have yeah. to do. This year, uh, the new Wonder Woman movie will be coming out on Boxing Day yes. in Australia. I wonder if we should uh, do a recap on that, a pod on that. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. I, I will definitely be going to see it because my wife... Are you going to the wife, cinema? Well, almost certainly. Okay. Yeah. Because so it's doing the both, isn't it? It's doing like... Uh, well, uh, well, actually, having said that, yeah, um, it's it's not streaming in Australia because we don't have HBO Max here. Oh. So it's streaming on HBO Max in the US. So oh. it's doing both. But here, there's not that option. So right. we're just getting a cinema release on Boxing Day. Okay. Then, yeah, I'll probably go see it at some yeah. point. In <clears throat> it looks fun. It looks fun. I hope it's good. It has Cheetah as the villain, so it's going to be a weird cat person. Um, yeah, what's so Cheetah's deal? The, the version that they're doing is she's a scientist who turns herself into a Cheetah woman. And it's Kristen Wiig, isn't Kristen it? Kristen Wiig. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? I love the way all these comedy actors become eventually become dramatic yeah, actors become bad guys <laughs> i was like yeah it makes sense you need a bit of camp you need a bit of self-aware campness yeah, absolutely you need to be Particularly able to Particularly in something line. like wonder woman i assume that that would be an asset yes absolutely when you're playing a cat person <laughs> the the movie benefits hugely from putting distance between itself and cats <laughs> i'm sure the producers of wonder woman must have seen cats come out and gone oh no <laughs> people are going to be anti-cat now people are anti-cat person yeah there's a whole thing now and uh, so yeah so we might get a Doctor Who which of course if we do get we will yeah we will definitely get a, uh, at least one Doctor Who it looks like we're not going to get a sudden drop of a series I actually forgot I, I said on Twitter this week that you know it's been terrible to have a year without any Who we had a whole season of Doctor Who this year Natalie <laughs> but I it was it was the bad season that everyone talks about like it was that's I remember seeing that tweet of yours and I didn't even ping. People were responding to me as if, as if I was telling the truth and like had not made a a huge mistake. I thought that happened last year. This, this year has distorted appropriately enough the time space continuum. (laughs) Cause that was, I was in Perth. Yeah. And we started doing them over Skype. Yep. And then then when lockdown hit. Well, it was like, well, we'll just keep doing them over Skype. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We, it started in, well, it started in January and extended into February. So yes. I think, I think we might have missed lockdown, but I think we just, for whatever reason, it, we were doing them over Skype because yeah. you were very busy I, and well, so was I. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I was in Perth I'm for sure. A month. Hey, listen back and find out why we were doing them. But that happened what? this should, year in 2020. I should, I should go back and listen and listen to like, you know, pre-COVID, pre-COVID Nat and yeah. Stu. How, because how... we finished and then we said, oh, we'll have to think of something to do next. Yeah. You know, and, and I think at that point we were kicking around Raven Bond. We had a few ideas and then once COVID kind of sat in, I went, all right, let's just do it. Let's, let's just, do the Bond let's thing. Let's do Bond. Because we know we've got 25. We, we were, I was about to say, we'd been pushing Bond back in the in the order because we were like, it's such a huge chunk. Yes. Then we're like, that's a that's a, suddenly a plus. 
Like, we've got a whole thing, a whole year's worth of stuff well, to do. Well, now we're going to have to get... Well, I am hoping, if I have time and the energy and a good idea, to write, like, a Doctor Who or maybe a James Bond. But, like, write something that I can give... Crossover. You guys... Okay. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Hey. Um, but do like a crazy radio play uh, because Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast will be back mm. between sort of Christmas, New Year, yeah, early absolutely. New Year. Yeah. So if we can arrange to be in one room, we could invite Dan from the Smart Enough to Know oh, Better look, podcast. Oh, look, if he has to come along. If he's listening. <laughs> if he's listening now, hopefully he's getting a like a sharp sort of rat-faced look of annoyance <laughs> uh, at the idea that we might not invite him to mm. somewhere. Yes. And then he'll be like, damn it, they knew exactly what I'd look like. <laughs> why does why does Natalie do this to me? Um, but that's okay. We will be coming up very soon, Dan and I, on an episode of the Best Pick Podcast. Oh my God, you hadn't actually told me this. Haven't I? <laughs> no. <laughs> Tom uh, very kindly invited us both on to do their episode on Titanic. Oh, of course. Because yeah, we, fantastic. of course, uh, do Titanic, the movie, the play. So we have like an angle. Absolutely. Um, hilariously, though, that did mean that to match up with their recording sort of Sunday morning in the UK, oh, right, we had yeah. to start recording Sunday evening, yes. Australian time. And the way it works, of course, is that you have a discussion, then you go watch the film. Oh, God. I don't you know wa- if you know how you long Titanic. Titanic on <laughs> Sunday night. Three hour and 17 minute film. Yes, it certainly is. And so not, then... You know, not quite as long as Thunderball. We, yeah. <laughs> and then we go... Back to record after that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it was like after three in the morning when we finished recording. Wow. But it, you know what? Hey, I really worth it. enjoyed it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. It was hopefully. Uh, it'll I be did good not fun. know you were doing this. This is amazing. Yeah. I can't wait for this. It should be up pretty soon because uh, they record ahead. Yeah. Um, but I think they're close to releasing it. So, I think before the end of the year. So, keep an eye out on Best Pick Pod. Very cool. Okay. Um, which I'm very excited about that. And uh, I was a little bit of a fangirl because I was like, oh, my God, it's Jess and John. Oh, oh, better not sound like an idiot. <laughs> so hopefully, I'm sure you acquitted yourself very well. Uh, so, ho- yes, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, but, yeah, so we will try and do like a crazy radio play around Christmas time. Totally. And in the meantime, though, we will start work on Raven Bat. We certainly will. I think. Why not yes. get started before the end of the year? Let's, let's kick it off. And, kick and it off. At least I've, I think... I think it's I think it's Batman Returns that is very heavily Christmas inspired, so we might even time it oh, maybe, very well. Yeah. yeah. So what's the first one? Will be the first one is uh, Adam, Adam like West, Batman sixty six, and then straight to Tim. And Burton. then I think it's straight to Tim Burton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Let's let's look into let's let's get it started because. I need to find out where they all are on streaming services. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to have to rent Batman 66. I, I okay. checked. Um, it's not playing anywhere. <laughs> okay. But are the others on? Because yeah. they're not. It's DC. Um, so they, they don't have their own streaming service. I mean, I'm sort of in the... I'm The, the situation is now flipped between uh, the, the uh, Bond films and Batman films between you and me because I have uh, most, of, most of these movies on DVD. Okay. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Maybe we'll need to. Do I don't a DVD have sixty six on DVD. I should really have sixty six. Yeah, but you wouldn't. Why would you? Oh, because it's awesome. Okay, okay. all right. Take yeah. it back. <laughs> Take it right back. I'm gonna get not, all not the to, way off your. I was back. about to say, yeah, get all the way off my back. <laughs> but not to not to give spoilers uh, for my opinion of Batman sixty six. But I love Adam West Batman. It's great. <laughs> I look forward to seeing it because I have seen that film. I'm sure, or at least parts of it. But it's been years. Yeah. 
and uh, it's the bat spray one, isn't it? Or the shark it, it, spray. Has the, yeah. it has the shark repellent spray, yes. yes. So that, I think that's the most legendary thing about it. Absolutely. But yeah, we will tuck into Raven Bat. Yes. The, the, the subsection titles of the podcast are getting <laughs> more and more obscure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Hey. Uh, just check, look for Raven on and then... Do find a, us there. Find us there. Thank you so much for doing a podcast in the flesh. Thank you so... Yeah, I was going to say, thank you so much for coming and being here with me. In person to finish our good. James Bond run. It's How been amazing. Good. It's been so good. Like what a what a tidy project. Yeah. I've just got to finish those craze recaps and then we can put it in a box and tie a bow on it and it'll be done. <laughs> just in time for Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hope everyone out there is staying safe and well and, uh, you know, things are better coming out of COVID if you're in Australia, if you're elsewhere in the world. It sucks. I'm really sorry. I, I wish things were better. With, with any luck, there'll be a vaccine very soon. But hey, and... Trump got kicked out. Yeah, that's fun. So that's been great. Yeah. That's, you know, ending the year on a bit of an upswing, I think. Totally. And we'll ride that into 2020. Uh, so thank you so much, as we always like to end these podcasts. I'm Natalie. And I'm Stu. And we're shaken. Not stirred. da Yeah, 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 yeah